Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Hey, I'm just going to start by praying tonight um, and then we'll, we'll kick right into it. Eh? Father God, we just thank you uh, once again, Lord, for just bringing us here. Lord, that we have freedom and ability to be able to come into your house, into your presence and counter everything that you have for us. Uh, God, I pray tonight as I would speak, you would, uh, you would speak through me, Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking to people uh, directly, Lord God. Uh, and as, as we would leave here tonight, we would leave encouraged, uh, Lord, and, and ready to tackle the rest of our weeks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Has anybody ever lost something before? Yes. Who, who, who's, who's a frequent loser of things? Not a frequent loser, but a frequent loser of things. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, nice. Um, I, I, for those who haven't, have you ever misplaced your keys or your wallet or, I don't know, like your phone? Um, and the tragedy that happens when you misplace your phone, you're like, oh my gosh, where's my phone gone? No, hey. What about an item of clothing? Maybe your shoes? Maybe your socks? Those odd socks that just keep on, I don't know, they always make their way into the drawer and you're like, where the heck is the pair to this thing? I can, I can remember countless times growing up um, where I, I could just remember my mum being frantic, like running around the house just searching for things. Um, and, you know, it would just be hectic trying to get out of the house in the morning or uh, whenever we were going out, basically, because the keys were missing or she couldn't find her reading glasses when she wanted to, to read something or whatever it was, it was, it was hectic. And, I mean, it's, it's slightly different now, but... Um, when we have my, whenever we have my parents to stay, without fail, my mum usually leaves something behind. And, we, and so we've, we've made a habit of just making sure we double-check the bedroom, double-check the rest of the house. They're already in the car waiting. We're like, just, just wait. We'll be right there. Um, and, we, and we just go and search. And we still miss it. There's always, they're like, something's there. Like the reading glasses are still hanging around, and we have to send them back up to them um, in, in New Plymouth. Um, if you're listening to this, mum, it's fine. Don't worry. We love you still. Um... Anyway, so yeah, if you've lost something before, what do you do? You, see, you, you search for it, you're right, you, look, you look for it, yeah. I mean, if you want to find it, that is. Um, if you don't want to find it, then you just leave it. But yes, the natural response to losing something is you look for it, you seek it out. Um, but who, I mean, who knows that it can take ages to find things when you really need them and when you really want them. And sometimes, you know, it just feels like it's just dragging on and on and on, and you just can't find the keys, and they end up being in the most simple place, which is right by the door where you left them. Um, so I, I, went and, I went and did some high-quality research this week just to find out how long it takes, on average, people to, to find things. Um, and here's, here's what I found. This is research from IKEA. Um, if you didn't know, IKEA does research. Yeah, yeah. And they, they study, they basically, they did this study on, uh, in Spain. Um, I don't know why they chose Spain, but they chose Spain um, to kind of work out how many Spanish people lose things and how long it takes them. And so the, the article I found says this. So one of the first things to mention in the study is that almost half of Spanish people, that's 48%, lose something at least once a week. That's over 20 million people stopping what they're doing and looking for missing items every week. And of that figure, one-third of Spanish people lose three or more items. Wow, yeah. Um, but it doesn't take us that long to find them, right? The average time we spend looking for something is between one and ten minutes, which doesn't seem too bad, but that adds up to over 6.5 months of our lives, which is equivalent to almost 5,000 hours spent looking for things. Wow! Wow! 
That's a lot. I actually did the maths, and that's quite incorrect. Um, assuming 10 minutes, three items per week, that's 30 minutes a week, which is over your life, 2,132 hours. But there's a heck of a lot of time still. But then say maybe you're losing one thing every day, and you're spending 10 minutes looking for it. Then you're up to 5,000 hours. So lose one thing a day, 5,000 hours of your life gone, or 207 days, or two-thirds of a year. Pretty, um, yeah, it's a lot of time. There's a lot of time searching for something. Um, and yeah, sometimes you know it's easy to find things. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, you can turn your whole house upside down looking for whatever it is you're trying to find, and the mess we make can be absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, we leave some carnage behind just to get out of the house sometimes to get to work in the morning. But when you find it, oh, the relief! You know, the relief of finding those keys and being like, ah, oh, finally I can leave the house and just not be late. Um, and there's just some, you know, a mini celebration that that happens, right? Um, in Luke 15, Jesus talks about this in the parable of the lost coin. Um, Luke 15, verse 8. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. It's amazing when we find what we're looking for. We can celebrate, we can party. Um, but then what about those times we search and search and you actually just never find it? Have you had those experiences before? Things just gone. Yep, don't know where they went. They're just absolutely gone. And so, you know, you keep searching, you keep searching, and eventually you're just like, well, can't find it. Time to stop. Time to give up. It's done. <clears throat> I mean, I know I've lost things I've never found. I lost my um, house keys last year and my work keys at the same time. Um, a couple of years ago, on a Sunday night after church, I lost one of my favorite caps. I just must have left it on the front row. I was real sad about that. Um... Uh, I even remember when I was like 13 years old losing a singlet top. I don't know why I remember losing the singlet top. I was just, I was out one day and when I went home I didn't have the top with me and never found it again. Uh, I don't know, just a singlet top. Don't worry, I was wearing other clothes still. Don't worry, it's okay. <clears throat> anyway, losing things can be annoying. It can be inconvenient. Sometimes it can be even sad, depending on what you lose, of course. Um, but, you know, when we search for things and we don't find them, well, you know, although it can be said, it makes me wonder how often are we seeking after God and struggling to feel like we find Him? Whether that's in any situation, you know, circumstance throughout our life, whether that's just in our time reading the Bible, we're like, God, I'm reading the words on the page, but it's not really connecting. You know, it can feel like God is playing hide and seek with us, that He's really just trying to make it a little challenging, being like, ha. Today, I'm just going to hide around the corner so Ben can't find me. <laughs> no, he's not doing that. Um, he's not doing that. He doesn't, ha- he doesn't have a really good hiding spot. He's not, he's not under the couch or behind the, the curtain or under the bed or wherever else that somebody could be hiding. Um, but like any good game of hide and seek, if we perceive it as hide and seek with God, eventually, if we can't find him, we get bored, we stop, we give up, and we move on. Hmm, Maybe. I don't know. It can happen. It can happen. We can stop looking for God. Um, But, again, God isn't actually playing hide-and-seek with us. He isn't trying to not be found. In fact, in Deuteronomy 4.29, and so this will come up on the screen behind you, this is going to be kind of my verse for tonight. So, um, but from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. If you seek Him with all your heart, and with all your soul, you will find him. Seems simple to say, right? Just seek God. Just seek God. You know, can't find him, just keep seeking him. 
with all your heart and with all your soul. Just keep putting it behind it. But actually, so it can sometimes, again, feel a little more complicated than that. So then what does it actually mean to seek God? What does it mean? Well, actually, it can mean two things, not just one. And in fact, the word that is in this passage, seek, used twice, right? In the first line you can see, but from there you'll seek the Lord your God, and then you'll find him if you seek. Those are two separate words, actually, in Hebrew. They're not the same word. They are two different words. The first one is bakish, which might come up behind me, which means to pursue or to take hold of something. It's really the seeking to find. It's that, it's that finding in the first place. And then derish, which is the second word, means to search with care, to investigate, to inquire, to require. So it's a bit different. It's not just seeking as in looking to find something. There are actually two meanings to it. So the first one, I just want to expand on these words a little bit and actually kind of explain what they mean for us. Because, again, if we read it and we can just see seek, seek, and, and it can kind of sound a little bit like, okay, I'll just keep seeking. Um, but... Just a bit more context might be helpful. So, in the first part, the first part of the verse, it says, "There you will seek the Lord your God. There you will bakish." So, the first seek, bakish. You will pursue God. You will take a hold of God. In other words, you will make God your God. You won't just see Him or perceive Him as a God who's up there, whatever, doing His thing, and you're doing your thing. We can't just acknowledge that He is a God. We have to acknowledge and surrender to him as our God. So, I mean, that's, that's an active part of the word. You know, we have to make God, we have to make Jesus the center of our life. And we have to surrender to him in that. When we first come to know who Jesus is, that's what we're doing. You know, we're giving our lives to him in surrender. We are seeking Bakesh. We submit to God, we acknowledge Him as our Savior, our Lord, and our King. And it's a journey that we have to continually walk. It's not something, again, we, we do it one time, we say, you know, the prayer that, you know, we, we give our hearts to Jesus, but actually it's something we have to keep on coming back to. And, and then the thing is, we can't say that and then let other things come in and take place of that. So it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to then act and live it out. Because it's really easy to, to not put Jesus first, not put God first, to start putting other things in the way. Um, whether intentional or unintentional, it's really easy to do. Distractions, you know. For me, this year has been, in particular, a lot harder to kind of keep putting God first. And, and particularly in times like my devotional times when I'm trying to read my Bible and just hear what God is saying to me. Because I have a daughter who, just this week, learned how to walk. Pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Proud dad moment. She, she's, she's super cute. Um, she may be able to hear me talking, and, and she'll probably be going, da, 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 right now. It's really, really cute. But anyway, um, I, ha- I have a child who, who needs attention, um, who wants attention, who commands attention. You know, <laughs> if you know, when she wants attention, if you don't, she'll, she'll roll on the ground. She's already learning that um, sort of mini tantrum stage, which is really awesome to see. Um, I, I mean... <laughs> the distraction of her in the morning when I'm trying to read my Bible and she's just walking around the room, maybe she's playing, maybe she's just being cute, but then all of a sudden maybe she's coming over to me trying to pull the pages off my Bible and trying to climb up me. And I'm like, okay, this is a little bit less convenient to try and spend time seeking after God and pursuing Him when I'm distracted by my child. But, I mean, that's not the only thing that happens. You know, then there are the other things that need to be done, like the getting ready for work, the odd jobs that you need doing around the house, Maybe it's just your phone. 
spending a little bit of time there, yeah? The sleep button that, oh, the, sorry, the sleep that you wish you got more of, so it's easier just to press the snooze button on your phone so you can get some more sleep. Um, that com- becomes the priority, right? There's lots of other things that can just completely distract from us seeking after God. So it takes more effort for us to set aside time to intentionally seek Him. And we actually have to be intentional. That word that Jono couldn't get right. <laughs> Sorry, Jono. <laughs> we have to be intentional. Um, yeah, again, we have to set aside time. So Bakesh is to take a hold of and to pursue. And it's an intentional, active thing. But then Duresh, the second word. So the second part of this verse, again, in Deuteronomy. Um, it's used to search with care, to investigate or to require. And you will find him, it says, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. That is to say that if you actually search with care, you will find him. You will find all that you need in him. If you actually spend some time carefully searching, and it's not, it's not just the, I'm going to set aside time, but then it's what actually do you do with that time that you set aside to seek after God? But again, he says, if you seek, you will find. And it's actually a promise to us. It's not just a, okay, it might happen, but actually a promise. And I mean, Jesus says it throughout in, in, in the New Testament in Matthew 7, 8, the one who asks receives, the one who seeks Okay, fine. So there we go. Oh, the one who seeks. Hey, there we go. Nice. Um, so if you duresh, you come to more of an understanding who God is. You actually draw near to God. And that can come through study of the Word. It can come through worship. And I've, I mean, worship is basically just making us aware of actually how close God is in the first place. Um, it comes through prayer and what we do in our, in our time in the morning or in the evening or whenever we're praying, but actually seeking after God in prayer. But then a very important part of that, you know, Duresh, is also inquiring of God, is asking. It's not just pray to a God who's up in the sky, but actually asking God for things. David said it in Psalm 34 verse 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. That's that same word, Duresh, I sought I derish the Lord, and he answered me. We have to search his word for what we're looking for. But then we have to prayerfully ask in faith what it is we need. Or whatever that dream that God has put on your heart, we actually have to go and go after that and ask God for it. That is derish. That is seeking after God. And I mean, when we do that, will it come straight away? Or maybe in the way we expect? No, probably not. God does work in some different ways to what we would sometimes imagine that it would, you know, happen. But it will, you, I mean, you will find him. You will find everything that you need if you seek after him with all your heart and all your soul. For those who weren't here this morning, I love how we worshipped. Um, we sung the song, Wait on You, which is basically a declaration from Isaiah where um, it says, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. In that time where we feel like we're asking and we're waiting, you know, we keep seeking after God. It's not the waiting that we're singing about is not passive. It's not just a, okay, I'm going to wait and just sit on the, in a chair. I'm just going to have a coffee and just wait for God to do something. No, it's active. We've got to seek after Him and search after Him, okay? And I believe that in our waiting on God, in our derish, in our seeking, in our inquiring, in our searching, 
Again, we're going to find what we need in him. These two words are used continually throughout the Bible whenever kind of seek is used. There's probably other slight variations. There's actually a few more meanings than just the two I've shared. But um, Psalm 105 says it again, search for the Lord and for his strength, continually seek him. Again, Bakesh and Duresh. Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13, you know, the verse that we, we kind of cling to at times. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And then verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Bakesh and Duresh, pursue God, make him your God, and then just search after him. Go deeper, inquire, just investigate who he is. We can probably um, get you up on the keys there, Tim, if you want to come. God wants us to know him. You know, it can sometimes, again, feel like God is far away, but actually he's not. He is close. God wants us to know him. Jesus wants us to know him. I mean, that's why Jesus came. He died on the cross. He didn't just do it so he could say that he died on the cross and rose again just to prove he was powerful, although that was part of it. He did it so that we could actually have relationship with him. All the the sin and everything else that goes on in our life that separates us from the love of God was dealt with by what Jesus did on the cross. And he did it so that we could know him. All the seeking is about knowing Jesus. And we have to seek him out, not because he is hidden, but because there is an active step that is needed to grow deeper in relationship with him and to access the fullness of life that Jesus promised us. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I came that they might have life and life to the full, life abundantly. To access that fullness of life and to step into that deeper relationship with him. That's what he intended when he died on the cross. He intended us to draw near. In James 4.8, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We don't just want to get to this place of seeking God because of what he can do for us. That's not, that's not what it's about. We need to seek Jesus because of basically who he is and what he did for us because it's already all done. You know, we sing songs about it all the time. Everything we need is in Jesus, that song we've introduced recently. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. You're everything I need. And more. And more. (laughs) We already have everything we need when we put Jesus first in the center and seek him. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 says this. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by His means of marvelous glory and excellence. It's about knowing Jesus. Simply about knowing Jesus. Why don't you all stand to your feet? Tonight we're going to take communion together because I think it will be really great opportunity to just reflect on what Jesus did for us. And I know that I haven't, I haven't spoken for very long, but I, all I wanted to say was quite simple. 
that in seeking after God, we pursue Him. And in seeking after God, we learn to know more about Him. Communion is reminding ourselves about what Jesus did for us on the cross, that His body was broken, that His blood was shed. And we take this communion as, as recognition that because of the blood of Jesus poured out for us, He took the consequence of our sin. So when we take the, I mean, the nice COVID-friendly wafer and the juice, (laughs) then we recognize that we're partaking in what Jesus did. That again, on the cross, He did it all for us. Communion brings us back to that foundation of our faith. And I mean, perhaps you've been struggling with seeking God and His will in certain situations. Perhaps you've been having a hard time just connecting with Him. I mean, I'm believing and praying for you that in this moment, there'll just be a connection with Jesus, that you will find God. I mean, just, just quickly, if we go back to this passage in Deuteronomy, the context of it is in the first place. So, the Israelites have been gearing up to cross over the Jordan into the promised land. It's been 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Moses isn't going with them, but he's giving them basically final instructions. And he's reminding them of the covenant that God has built with them, with the new generation before they cross. And he warns them that if they don't obey God's commands and turn away from him, they'll be exiled from the land, scattered among the nations, and they'll worship other gods. And we know those other gods don't do anything. But then he says, from there you will seek the Lord, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. In the place where we struggle to see where God is, when it feels like, maybe it feels like we've been exiled, although we won't be. Where it feels like we just don't have hope, where we don't have anything to cling to. Times where he feels distant, he is still there. And if we seek him, we will find him. Be sure he's not hiding. So keep seeking. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.